0: You're now listening to the I Got Fired Last Week podcast, where we discuss the challenges and opportunities around being out of work. If you're feeling lost, overwhelmed, uninformed, or simply uninspired, there's something here for you. I'm your host, Sam Eremoran, and along with my guests, we're here to walk on this journey together. Stay tuned. Greetings, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to the I Got Fired Last Week podcast. My name is Sam Eremoran, and I am your host for today. This is episode nine. Now, listen i need a drum roll sound i don't know how to do this stuff i found a job (laughs) yo congratulations to me i got a job yo crazy um but there's an issue and we're gonna discuss it we're gonna discuss it because um i want you to learn from my story i want you to learn from my journey first thing is um there's gonna be a question, hey, you got a job. What is it? How'd you find it? Um, so it's a job in project management, um, as a project manager. Um, which is really, really cool. I've led projects before. Um I, I actually spent more time on the BA side because part of me being pedantic was I may have been leading the project, but I wanted to make sure that the work was good. So I'd lead the project and just check in with the BA like, Hey, <laughs> how are the requirements go in. But um, yeah, like I've, I've been a project lead. So it's really interesting and exciting to be a PM and to go down that route. I think that's going to be really, really cool. Um, how did I do it? I applied widely, re- to be honest. I applied really, really widely. I updated my cover letter. Um, cover letters are still a thing. I know that many organizations say, we don't need them anymore, just send in your CV. I, I like having a cover letter because I think that... Um, It's almost like a forgotten skill. It's hard to summarize everything about you into a page, but speak about it in a way which is engaging and interesting, et cetera, while putting your best foot forward. So I did cover letters. I had three CVs. So um, I had a standard CV. Then I had a CV, which was geared towards project management. And I had a CV that was geared towards business analysis. So, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of having multiple CVs because I think that it's it's hard sometimes to contextualize all of your experience one way. So you may be like, I could be a product manager. I could be a project manager. I could be a BA. I could be a tester. I could be a developer. I could be all of these things. I could be HR. I could be marketing. I've got skills that cover all of them. Rather than having one CV and trying to use um, identical language for all of them, I would prefer to have separate CVs and then use the language that pertains to that particular industry. You know what I mean? Um, I work with a a friend who helps me with the marketing for this podcast. She's amazing. And she's used some things or like she's used some phrases and sh- some words which are particular to the marketing industry that I was like, yeah, 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 of course. And then I go back and be like, what in the world is she talking about? Then I go back, Google it and be like, oh, So why don't you just say that? Language is everything, right? So, so, um, yeah. But I said this in the last episode and I'll say it again here. Be careful, man. Be careful. What I mean, I was anxious applying. I was anxious applying. So my... My philosophy around it, wrongly, was I'm just going to apply for 700,000 jobs. I'm going to apply, 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 apply. And be listen, listen, I'm going to look you in the camera. I'm going to say this. Be careful of that LinkedIn Easy Apply. Because that LinkedIn Easy Apply will have you believe it in, in your heart that you're killing the game. And what's really happening is your CV is probably for all your application is falling into a pool with another thousand people who also clicked on easy apply there's no differentiation between your applications which means there's nothing that makes you stand out i shared with one of my mentees she's uh, actually no she's not a mentee i shared with one of my younger friends she's not a mentee yet but um i said to her okay so let's picture who's going to be looking at your cv right so enter ooh." I don't want this to be sexist, but I am going to use a woman for this particular example. Please forgive me if I know there are many men in HR. I know many men in HR, but help me here because I can't. Yeah, help me. Anyway, (laughs) so here comes Bianca. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Bianca's alarm goes off. She lives in central London where she's paying 1800 pounds for a two bed flat with a small garden outside. She's stressed on money. But it's okay Because she makes enough um, She lives alone Bianca wakes up She washes her hair um, She's hungry She wants to make toast She forgets that it's in there Because she's scrolling on Instagram Pop Thing pops up She's burnt the toast Oh my gosh No Makes a green smoothie um, The blender isn't on properly So it splashes all over the place It's just like Oh my gosh What now Don't worry Follow me This story's going somewhere Leaves the house As she's getting to the bus stop Missed the bus Oh man and then she realizes, oh, no, there's a yellow stain on the top. Has to go back home. Goes back home, changes her top, comes back out. As she's coming back out, misses another bus. It's just like it's not her day. Finally gets into the office. Was meant to start at nine. Um, she gets in for 9.15. Her manager got in at 9.14. Sees her walking in It's just like, mm, it's as if you're late. Sits down at her desk and she now is... Um, starting her day so she reads through her diary she she's a time boxer so it's 9 15 she goes and gets coffee gets back to her desk it's 9 30 9 30 what does she do now she opens her emails and she sees that oh that linkedin thing that we put out has a bunch of applications she opens it she sees one thousand applications and she says "Mm. (laughs) let me start my day that's how i think so when I was pressing LinkedIn Easy Apply, I'm thinking that's going to ho- or that's going to Bianca, and because that's going to Bianca, <sighs> Bianca's not going to see my application versus everybody else's application. I mean, she's she's already had a long day; she's already tired and stressed. You've made no differentiation. You've sent in a vanilla CV that doesn't even say anything. Things are spelt wrong. She's just gonna exit because she's just like this is silly. Bianca aside, (laughs) I did apply for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands, if I'm not wrong, of roles. None of them worked. I didn't get any of them. Um, I got recruiters reaching out. That was nice, but no concrete role. I actually got this role for a recommendation of a friend. So someone posted on their Instagram and was just like, yo, there's a role. Um, And I reached out to her and I said, can you please pass my CV on of which she did. I ended up having a conversation with them. And before you know it, uh, I think I was interviewed three times and then yeah, here we are. They made me an offer. Um, I was under the assumption that by the law of large numbers, the more jobs you apply for and what ended up happening was it was the strength of relationship and it was how personable I was that got me the role. So thank you to my friend. But secondly, you can see in my situation, it actually had nothing to, I could have been applying until high heaven. It would not have mattered. Um So don't be afraid to lean on the strength of friendships on the strength of community on the strength of network. As you can see a network here or a member of my network helps me get a role, which is super dope. So um, don't be afraid to use that as one of your strategies when it comes to job hunting. Now here's where my issue is. Here's where my issue is. Now I have to apologize in advance because Everything that I'm gonna say, you're probably gonna say, Yeah, but you have the job though. Yeah, but you have the job, yeah, but you have the job. But I wanna walk you through the thinking because I believe it's the thinking and the perspective, which you can learn from more than the fact I even got the role. Um, I started thinking, is this the right role for me after I had received the offer? <laughs> after I had received the offer. And the reason why that's a problem is The more roles you apply for and the longer you spend out of work, in my mind at least, the more ambiguous some of your requirements become. So you can quite easily say, I want this, 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 this. That's what would be a good organization. Ten things. Before you know it, nine, eight, maybe I don't need that, seven, six, four, one. Listen, they just need... At this stage, they just need an FCA number. I don't even, they don't even need to be, they need to have a registered address. If they've got a registered address, I don't care about their ethics. I don't care how much they pay. I don't care what the job title is. I don't care about anything. If they have a registered address, I'll take the job. Um, And I'll be honest, I did get there. I got to a stage where a lot of my um, requirements became ambiguous. So I asked myself after the job offer while reading the contract, whether this was the role for me. and I'm sure you can see the the dangers in that. The dangers in not having a role. And please understand, I'm not saying that this is the wrong role for me. I'm just saying that, that the dangers in not really doing your research and your homework on a role before you have a contract in front of you is A, you might have wasted their time. And B, they might have wasted yours. And nobody's here to waste time. We're here to um we're here to add value to each other and we're here to be mutually beneficial they have something which i want which is money and i use that money to do other things which um affect my life and i have something that they want which is expertise which is wisdom which is time so our ability to make that trade fairly and safely is what builds our relationship my biggest issue, and I spoke about this in the first episode, was the fact that I, I almost saw working as a romantic relationship, which means I was like, why don't you love me? I need you to love me. I need you. And they made it very clear that, well, no, that's not what it is. This is contractual. If you are surplus to requirements, then, of course, we are going to have to have conversations about you no longer working here. And I took it really personally when it should not have been personal. It should have been seen as contractual because that they told me from the beginning. You know, no one after the interview came and hugged me and said, we love you. We want you here. No, it was more. (laughs) It was more. Hey, sign this contract, which says that we'll pay you this number if you spend this many hours here and do these things. But it was me that blurred the lines. And again, I'm not afraid to be self-reflective on that. Um, So I wanted to give you some advice up front about this. First things first, I've asked myself this question, how do you know if a job is for you? What sort of thing should you look for when applying for jobs? I think that there is a difference between finding work and doing meaningful work. Um, and when I say meaningful work, I mean work which fits a calling or a purpose. Now, you don't need to be a person of faith or a religious person to understand what I'm trying to say here when I'm talking about calling or purpose, because I know it's very easy for someone to caveat with, I don't, I don't believe in any of that. Hear me out. I've got a model that I use, which is um, job career calling. And it speaks to the work that we do. What is a job? I think that a job is primarily focused on financial incentive. Is you trading time for money? And, and, Trading time for money is not a bad thing. Like I said, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. It's I give you what you want and you give me what I want. And that's okay. That's okay. I find that dependent on the job that you do, um, your loyalties may vary. So for example, some of my friends in retail, they don't really have a loyalty to their organization. If, I don't know, if Ralph Lauren pay me eight pound an hour, but the Apple store pays me 10 pounds an hour, and Sainsbury's pays me £15 an hour, I'll go go Sainsbury's. It is what it is. Um, I don't really have like a loyalty to Sainsbury's. It's not like the Sainsbury's brand fills me with joy and everything about it. Listen, Sainsbury's, if you want to sponsor me, I'm not saying that it doesn't fill me with joy. I'm just saying that that's the the example here. Sainsbury's, your stuff fills me with joy. endorse me and um, (laughs) I can be really silly Um, but you can see that they may not necessarily have like a loyalty to that individual organization right Um, so if it is time for money then the more money you give me A the more time I'll spend for you I'll spend with you but B I'll be i have a preference to spend my time with you over another organization so that's what I call a job I mean someone who's working primarily for financial gain then you have a career. Career is really interesting because career kind of combines the two. Someone who finishes med school and ends up becoming a junior doctor, very rarely, if you were to ask someone, what you want to do? They would say to you, I want to be a junior doctor. They would take on a role of a junior doctor because they one day want to be a, a specialist or they want to be a, um, and here comes my absolute, Lack of knowledge around the medical profession. Dun, 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 dun. They want to become an anesthesiologist. I know that one. Or they want to become a hematologist. I know that one. Um, they want to become a somethingologist, right? So they may end up becoming a junior doctor. They may um, end up becoming a researcher, etc., because they want to do that thing. But they know that by them taking on a career move, the career move will set them up for the position. Does that make sense? So it's, they may say, what I really want to be is an area manager of this thing, but I'll take on the store manager because I'm taking it on with the intention of one day becoming the area manager. You know what I mean? So that one's interesting because it is financial incentive to a degree, but it's also more career incentive. It's about the development that they get in that position and the opportunities which are created for them. They think of themselves at the top and they take the role at the bottom, which they know will one day get them to the top. So job, purely time for money. I mean, it's no real loyalty there. Career, it's about taking on a role mainly because of the opportunity that it provides further on. Um, Calling. Now, Calling is very different because calling doesn't remove financial incentive, but it minimizes it. There are many people who feel that they are called to be a teacher. Now, unfortunately, if you're listening to this in the UK, you'll know that teachers don't necessarily make a whole lot of money. But there are some teachers who teach because they feel like they are called to educate um, the next generation, or they feel like there are some cleaners who feel like they are called. To make things better Or to leave things better Than when they came Now that may sound philosophical But that's almost how you have to think When you're attached to a calling Your calling is philosophical in nature There's that story um, in uh, It's actually a a very famous story I don't know how true it is But I think it was President Ronald Reagan It was one of them But they said that they went to go and visit The um, The they went to go and visit NASA and one of the presidents came across a cleaner and he asked him, like, you know, who are you? What do you do? And he said that I help put people on the moon. Which was a a revelation and an understanding that what you might see here is me cleaning. But by this place being clean, um, what it ends up doing is it inspires other people to do their job really well. By this place being clean, people can come here and they can have a a clean and fresh environment which will allow them to do their best work, which eventually pulls people so it's it's someone who's able to say that the financial incentive isn't as important as the philosophical perspective, which is they can do this thing because I do this thing does that make sense so um That's why I call it the model of job career calling because it's your job time for money career, which is more skill development, less financial incentive and the lowest financial incentive being a calling that ends up transcending financial incentive. Now, just to clarify, none of those are better than the other. None of those are better. It's not necessarily that I do like everybody needs to run to their calling because the moment that we no longer think about money we will all be okay. Um. I love the saying that in a, in a job, whatever it is, in work, maybe not in a job, in work, you're either learning or earning. The sweet spot is if you could do both. But if you're doing none of them, move on. Sailor. Okay, so <laughs> that was number one, which is how do you know if a job is for you? By the way, I'm taking you through these because that's not what I did. The whole point of this is that you learn from my mistakes. You learn from the things I've done. I didn't think about whether this job was for me. Is not my job? Is it my career? Is not my calling? I was just like, money? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> to be honest, that that kind of puts it more into the category of job. Because it was, I was led with, I'm not working. I've been made redundant. I would love to feed my family. You have a job. I don't necessarily know your organization, or what you're asking me to do here, but it is what it is. I'll take <laughs> I'll take your job because it's giving me me money. You know what I mean? And um, I think knowing where it sits on your spectrum at the beginning of the process would make more sense rather than what I had to do, which was to go and reevaluate at the end and be like, is this actually a job or is this actually a career move or is this actually a calling? I won't tell you which one it is, but it's one of them. Um, number two, this is... Interesting. I wrote to myself, why do calling and purpose even matter? Dun dun dun. Why does it even matter? I think I think we all have a desire. We all have an inherent desire to contribute positively to society. I think that we all have a desire to go to sleep every day feeling like we have done something good. That what the thing that we are doing or the things that we are giving our time, energy, effort, expertise, and wisdom to, those things mean something to someone, even if not ourselves. I think we all have a desire for that. So because of that, why do calling and purpose matter? Because the quicker that you are able to understand the thing that you can do that contributes to the the betterment or the benefit of somebody else, in my mind at least, the better it becomes. The quicker you can find that. Now, some people end up having midlife crises, crises, yeah, crises at 40, 50, 60, depending on where you live. But um, call it 40, because they wake up in the morning and they're just like, I don't feel like I'm making any valuable contribution to society. I make a lot of money, I do indeed, but I don't enjoy this stuff. Um, I feel like the work that we're doing is unethical or um, I feel like the work we're doing is a waste of time I feel like there's no reason why we're doing this or I feel like we could do this another way or I mean it's and I'm not necessarily saying that midlife crises are built primarily off work but if you actually slow down and speak to people many people will share with you the fact that it has a lot to do with work which is what they spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day doing they're asking themselves questions like do I even want to do this? That's long. I'll never forget. Um, I wanted to be an investment banker growing up. I wanted to be an investment banker. So my mum came home and we had a conversation. I'm sure I've I've told you this on a previous pod. We had a conversation and it was just like, what do you need to um, to do to be an investment banker? Maths, accounting and economics. So I went to college and studied maths, accounting and economics. That was literally it. Like I, I had no... I had no loyalty to anything else. I knew I loved numbers and I knew I loved money. Um, but I was in university and I got to a stage where I've learned about what they do. And I'm like, uh, okay, sure. Strange, but not not that it's strange the work that they do, but I, I was rationalizing it against, is that what I want to do? I was like, uh, okay. And then in my first job where I worked, um, we worked with investment bankers and I was doing a, a, a weekend shift. It was called um, Help Desk. I was doing a weekend shift. And on that weekend shift, I had an investment banking um, analyst call me. He's like, hey, Sam, how you doing? I was like, oh, hey, you okay? He's like, man, I've got this Excel spreadsheet. Um, I've been working on it for three days and I can't go home until it's completed. Please help me. And the place that I worked, you could embed, um, you can embed Data in these sheets, which refreshed in real time. So, as I'm sure you can imagine, if you were building a financial model in that Excel spreadsheet and it updated in real time, that's useful. But he had like a code inside a code inside a code, and it was nested. and And I was literally asking him. I said, "Hey, man, are you okay, Sam? I just want to go home, man. I've been here." I said, "Nope, nope, 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 no, no, nope, nope, nope." I said, <laughs> "Hey." I said, I don't care how much investment bankers make. I will no longer be pursuing <laughs> investment bank. And what's interesting is I have no issue with investment banking or investment banks or even this one person's experience. I just hadn't humanized how much work was required. You hear that? I, just, I hadn't humanized how much work was required for the role. So the moment that I now thought about my calling and my purpose and the things that I want to do Entrepreneurially and the things that I want to build and the foundations and this and that And I looked at my time and the time commitment to this. I was like that just doesn't work for me That's why calling and purpose matter. You want to do stuff that works for you You want to do stuff that you feel like okay, you know what crazy as it sounds I know that that's really odd hours. I know that um that's really, really tricky work and tricky clients and et cetera. But I still want to do that. I feel like that resonates in me. That sits well with how I see myself, how I see the future and the world that I want to create. That's why purpose and calling matter. Whether you're a person of faith or not. Because imagine wasting your time doing something that you just feel like, ah, oh, man, I'm just, uh, don't enjoy it. Imagine waking up every day and saying to yourself, I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. Why not? I just don't. I don't know what to say. I just don't want to do it. So that's a question that I didn't ask myself. The first thing that I didn't ask myself was, (laughs) why am I even doing this in the first place? Is it a job? Is it a career? Is it a calling? Um, And that was the issue. Second thing that I didn't ask myself is, like, is this my calling? Is this my purpose? Is this something that I feel like I'm called to do? Is this in line with the way that I see myself? When when I validate myself, when I affirm myself and I look in the mirror and I look at the kind of person that I want to be, does this thing sit right with me? Because if it doesn't, that might be an issue that I need to address. And number three, what are the risks of doing work that you don't feel is suitable for you? Now, this is a really interesting one. I mean, everything. (laughs) I call everything interesting So I apologise in advance But um, I've written here If it's money driven Any comparison Of your salary Versus value Will leave you deficient (laughs) Listen I'm a poet homie I'm a poet Listen to what I mean by that If you do something Which is money only Or Maybe not money only But let's say that you keep money Almost Almost as a scorecard to assess your value. What will end up happening is as you learn more skills, let's say there's a company that says, Sam, I'm going to pay you 50K. And I say, 50K, wow, that's amazing. I'll take it. The moment you give me a 75K, 100K task, I won't do it. Why? Because in my mind, now there is an imbalance. Now Now there's an unfair trade between what you're asking me to do and what you're rewarding me for. What I mean? I mean, there are some people who this person, his job title or her job title is team member. Are uh, the managers going to be out for a couple of weeks? Do you mind taking on extra responsibilities? I will most definitely take on no extra responsibilities. Why? You don't pay me for that. If you want me to do that work, pay me. And that might be an amazing opportunity. That might be growth. That might be development. That might be skill. That person's like, no, 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 no. Hey, <laughs> Listen. If you value me at 100K, pay me 100K. And there's a part of me that actually feels like true. (laughs) Very, very true. But there's another part of me that's like, that's very much a financial way of looking at the world. That value and price are the same thing. And that's not true. It's just not true. I want to always, where possible, provide more value than I'm being paid for. Because eventually I will be paid more than the value that I bring to an organization which may or may not even be the truth because I never ever want to be in a situation where you pay me more than the value I bring. I remember reading a study and the study said that when, um, when employers hire people, they usually think in their minds of deriving three to five times the value that they get from their salary. So for example, if you hire someone and it's 50K, you're trying to get between 150 and 250K worth of value out of that person. I like to come in with that mentality. You'll pay me 50K, but I want to give you 150 to 250K. Why? Because eventually, once you see that I provide more value, you'll end up increasing my salary. Or somebody else, another organization, my fault, apologies, another organization who understands my value will now pay me where you didn't want to pay me. So I don't want money To be the driving force which affects the amount of effort I bring or the value that I bring into anything, because there will always be a deficiency. I will now lower my standards to what you're paying me versus me rising up to the value I know I can bring an organization regardless of what you pay me. I want to be the best internally. I want to be like I want to bring amazing value to an organization, not because they're asking me to do it, but because I'm good. I'm the best at this. I'm just really good full stop. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I'm just saying like that's that's how I that's how I affirm myself. Sam, you're good, bro. Sam, you know what you're doing. You've got this. There's no other project. <laughs> I'm joking. I do not say things like that. Imagine there's no other project manager like you. No one can run projects the way that you do. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But um yeah, I really, really wanted to come on here and firstly say thank you to everybody um, for their support and for showing love. By the way, this isn't like I've got a job podcast done. I'm not saying that. I'm literally saying that I've got a job. I do. My issue is now the retrospective um, evaluation as to whether the job is for me. And I'm OK with that. I know that that would scare people because they're just like, hold on, you got a job and now you want to figure out whether the job is for you. I know I did it the wrong way around. I'm just saying (laughs) that's what happened and that's what's happening now. So now I'm walking through a process. The beautiful thing is this. I'm on probation, just like with many roles. You spend your time, you go through probation, Um, 12 weeks of probation. During that probation, it's an opportunity for them to get to know me and me to get to know them. If this doesn't work, I will walk away. And I know, again, I know it's a first world problem. Please understand, because they're going to be like, you're telling me (laughs) you got a job and you might walk away. Yeah. Yeah, I am telling you that. And I'm not telling you that I would walk away lightly. And I'm not telling you that I would walk away because I'm arrogant and feel like I only took on the job to serve my ego or any of that. I would walk away if I was unsure about the ways that this can serve me and I can serve them. I don't want to be a hindrance to their team. I don't want to be a hindrance to their organization. The money that they pay me, they pay me for my value. They pay me for my ability to come in and contribute to the strategic objectives that they're trying to hit. I need to be honest with myself and say whether I am the person that can do that. And if I'm not, I need to move out of the way so the right person can come and do that. I think that that's a healthy way to think. Um, You may not agree with me and I'm perfectly okay with that. I hope you do. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, please understand. I'm not saying that I'm leaving. I'm just saying those are the thoughts that are going through my head. So, yeah, um what well on me? What well on you everybody for listening to me. I appreciate you as always. This episode is going to be called I got a job. But there is an issue. And there is an issue. I'm now going to do the self-reflective work and hopefully on the other side we'll see what happens as we serve one another. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Um thank you for taking your time. And yeah, way 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 more to come on this remember 21 episodes before we even make a dent in it peace and blessings to you see you later